Today we talk episode one of Everything Sucks. Plutonium. Special guest Carter John, the corndog kid in Everything Sucks. Plutonium. <laughs> that was a good ghost noise. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Welcome back to your unofficial Everything Sucks podcast. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today. And as always, I am joined by the wonderful Julia. Julia. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Welcome back, Julia. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Amazing. We had Patch Dara on the last episode and people went bonkers for it. And... A lot of people really reacted positively to the interview. Yes. And, and it was great hearing how he, he goes through the process and, and what this role means, not only to him, but to everybody out there who's a fan of this show, and especially mm -hmm. to people, LGBT community, yes. or, well, this, is, this show means something to everybody that watches it. I agree. It's just a very cool thing. So, you know, we're hoping that by the time you hear this, the show's been renewed, but we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Today on the Everything Sucks cast, we are going to talk about the first episode of Everything Sucks. Plutonium. Plutonium. That's a scary name. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And we're going to kind of run through the entire episode and give our thoughts and kind of let you know what we thought of the episode and things that we picked up on that you might have missed. And if we've missed something, let us know, right? Mm-hmm. You can always tweet us anytime you want. And where can they tweet us? You can tweet us at PopStaffTweets or at PKennedyUpdates. Mm-hmm. Now, Julia, we, we have a, a big treat for everyone today. Yes, we do. Who's going to be joining us on the unofficial Everything Sucks podcast today? So, for all of our listeners out there, you guys are going to be in for a treat because we have special guest Carter John coming on today who portrayed the corndog kid in Everything Sucks in episode one, Plutonium. Yes, yes. A very big part of that episode for me. It cracked me up and I loved it. And it's, 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 it's going to be a fun little interview. We're going to do it right after this commentary track. So, let's get underway. Yes. Without further ado, let's press play here and put the videotape into the thing. Episode 1 of Everything Sucks Plutonium. Yes. Scene 1, Luke opens the garage door and he's off to school. Mm-hmm. And he's going to Boring High. This, this is an actual place, folks. It's uh, Boring, Oregon. And uh, it's... You see a quick montage of people playing hacky sack, and we see the corndog boy for the first time, and we see what I'm going to call the snack guys. Shout out to Carter, by the way, who yeah. plays corndog boy. Carter the corndog boy. <laughs> the, the, the guy became his own meme and hashtag. It's amazing. Yeah. But we also see the snack guys, and, and we'll see them later. Yes. You, yeah. <laughs> As the song, the impression that I get from the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones is playing, we see a teacher click a remote, and here we go. It all starts. It's time for the morning announcements with Jessica Betts and Scott Pocket. Yeah. I love the morning announcements. I do, too. Even though Scott Pocket is... I don't quite know what to make of him, especially in this first episode, because he says some stuff that's like... He's a bit of a wild card, yeah. Yeah, kind of douchey. I'm going to go out on that, but but he's having fun, right? I, yes. I like, I don't think he's being mean. I think he's just being Scott Pocket. I think he's just being a, a hormonal teenage boy in high school, to be honest. Works for me. And Jessica Betts announces that it's Friday, September 27th, 1996. Now, that's important because it sets where we are in time. And what's going on? It's also important because, as Jessica mentions in the morning announcements, the Defense of Marriage Act was signed by President Clinton. Mm-hmm. So that sets a historical context, too. Absolutely, it does. 
and this is the first time we see the Mighty Three take shape. Yes. We meet Tyler McQuaid for the very first time in a fat scene, and of course I mean that with a PH. <laughs> no, I thought you meant fat as an obese. <laughs> McQuaid. I love McQuaid. The guys discuss the merits of Weather Choir and the new Star Wars movies. Yes. They had, they had not yet heard of Jar Jar Binks. Misa mm -hmm. think it's gonna suck. You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and Tyler favors us with a song about Weather Choir. And the guys discuss the odds of ladies actually being in the AV club. Yes. And surprise, surprise, there's, there's a couple of them. There's... There, well, there's Jessica Betts, and then Kate Messner, and then Leslie. Yes, so there's quite a few, and of course, the Darth Vader of the of, of the AV room, Mr. Stargrove. Yes. He's all-powerful in the AV room. And just as we're sitting in, the sounds of, whoop, there it is, fills our speakers, <laughs> as the boring high beaver struts his stuff. Yes. <laughs> I love that scene. I was re-watching it today, and I just cracked up laughing. I love Scott Pocket's face as he's like, what is going on here, right? Yeah. And the the beaver's head come off, the, the, the mascot head comes off, and we meet Principal Ken Messner for the first time, played by Patch Dara. Yes, we do. And he does a mean running man dance before taking his mascot head off. Mm-hmm. Just a fun scene, and you're wondering, who is this guy? What's this all about? <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. It's a good way to get introduced to him. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, he was sweating underneath that. I, I mean, I would too. That fursuit looked massive. Yeah. And then Scott says something inappropriate about a corn dog. Of course. <laughs> As they discuss the Defense of Marriage Act. Of course. I think Scott says something like he was really hoping to marry a Chorito or something like that. Some yeah, sort. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Scott's a trip. Mm -hmm. Then just as Jessica is going to discuss Meatloaf, the singer's birthday, a sound loop is somehow created. We're having trouble at the soundboard, and yep. Mr. Stargrove has to jump out of his... Uh, Booth. Yeah, his little bat cave up there in the sky. And he comes <laughs> down and unplugs the the thing that's causing the sound loop which is echoing across the entire school and getting louder and louder and louder like a Jimi hendrix guitar solo but not before scott pocket says the ever word <gasps> the f word isn't it weird that we all know what the f word is because there are many words that start with f but there's that's only, true yeah it's kind of earned its its reputation right mm-hmm and then, of course, we see Jessica's great face at the end. These are your morning announcements, and have a boring day. <laughs> yeah, but she remained calm. You know, she, after this insane thing of seeing the the mascot dance, and then Scott ruffles her feathers with the corn dog thing. She she stays nonplussed, right? She's she's not shook up at all, and oh, she yeah. remains calm even after her co-host has just screamed the word, the the f word over the entire school. So, yeah. Yeah. At which point, <laughs> Mr. Stargrove says it's the first week of school and shit has already gone to shit. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Great quote. Great quote. Yep. Now what I'm calling scene two, Luke meets Kate. Ah, I love this scene. I love this scene so much. So much. What do you love about it? Luke's facial expression and how he, like, subtly tries to flirt with her and kate's just like oblivious i love that he looks like he's seeing the wizard of oz for the first time you know like for when sure. Dorothy gets out and oh she's yeah like looking at everything that's the same thing it's like there's an actual girl in front of me i know and then and then when that entire scene is over and like he ends up inviting her to her house and she's like, cool beans. Like at the end of it, Tyler just goes, how did you do that? And he just goes, what? And Tyler just goes, talk to a girl. <laughs> I love Tyler. He's my favorite. The mighty three. Protect Tyler at all costs. Absolutely. So 
Luke does indeed confirm that these 456s are indeed janky. Yes. And he's, he, he wants to fix the problem. He wants to, to fix everything for Kate, prove his worth as a young yes. superhero. And as he's trying to figure out what's wrong with the 456 camera, Luke says that Kate is out of focus, and she says she's trying to fix that. I That's one of my favorite lines of episode one. Because it has so many layers of meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. You could just take it at face value and say that she's trying to fix the camera. You could also take it as Kate trying to tell him that her life is sort of out of order. And she's trying to figure out what's happening and how she can make it better. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about this show. Is that there's layers and layers and layers of things. And I'm... I'm I'm probably on like my sixth or seventh viewing of the mm -hmm. first episode, and I'm yeah. still finding stuff. Yeah, it's got there. There are lots of things all over the place, and the writing is just top notch. Text and subtext galore, folks. So yeah, you should watch the show. Absolutely. Luke mentions he can fix the notorious 456 camera. That he has tools at his house. Yes, he has tools at his house at his back cave. Mm -hmm. But since he's a freshman, he cannot check out the gear. Yeah. Which she says with such a straight face, too. She's like, are you a freshman? Yeah. Freshman can't check out gear. <laughs> so then Luke comes up with the idea that she could check it out and bring mm -hmm. it back to his house. And he stumbles through it. And uh, he very awkwardly invites her back to his house so he can fix the camera. Cool as beans. Yeah. Kate says cool <laughs> beans. And Luke says coolest beans. <laughs> At that point, you realize you screwed up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like, here's something I want to tell people, okay, for, for younger folks out there. Everyone that's worried about saying the wrong thing or like, you know, you don't have the right perfume or cologne on or whatever. If someone's going to dig you, they're going to dig you. Don't don't worry. Don't Oh yeah. Know, don't sweat the small stuff, right? For sure. Yeah. That's so. that's good advice. Absolutely. Even if you say the coolest beans and they think you're cool, they're going to still think you're cool. Exactly. So, don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. At this point, Tyler asks Luke, "How did he talk to a girl?" And McQuaid yeah. freaks. Yeah. And then we get the infamous scene with Mr. Stargrove where he informs Luke that that is plutonium because it's Kate Messner who's the principal's daughter. And that gives us the title for our episode. Mm-hmm. You, you can just feel the anxiety rising in McQuaid as he's given this news, right? Yes. McQuaid is like everybody's grandmother. He's looking out <laughs> for everybody. He's on high alert all the time. That's a very good description of him, I feel. And played so wonderfully by Rio Mangini. Just fantastic. Oh, I love Rio's acting. Rio's mm -hmm. acting is so great through the whole series. Absolutely. And I'd actually like to see a, a movie someday, a spinoff called McQuaid Saves the Universe. Me! I would love to see that. Netflix, can we make this happen? Yeah, absolutely. Needs to happen. Hashtag McQuaid movie. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So scene three opens up and we see Ken Messner standing in the, the hallway trying to make sure everybody's getting to class. And he runs across the ever curmudgeable, uh, curmudgeon Mr. Knudsen. Yes. Who does not have much faith in his football team. Uh, he says that they're going to lose, basically. Pretty and much, yeah. <laughs> Ken Messner bets him that, uh, that they're going to win and that he might have to eat a crow sandwich. So we're hoping that we see the homecoming game and the return of Everything Sucks. Are you listening, Netflix? Yes, we need to see that. We need to see who wins. That's right. At this point, Kate is at her locker as the, the crowd thins out in the hallway. And her dad mm -hmm. zooms in on her and asks her how she's doing and immediately gets shut down. Yeah. Kate is embarrassed to be the principal's kid, and ask him to treat her just like any other students because, as you know, Julia, parents are just not cool, right? <laughs> not all the time. Right. 
Well, we can't be, you know, people, people have to, there's got to be order and, you know, things have to get done. But, it, it, you know, it, 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 it would be really tough to have your dad be the principal of the school, right? Yeah, I agree. Be very unpopular, very fast. And after Ken gets shut down and says, okay, I'll basically treat you like I would any other student, the camera peels back. Can we get the reveal that he is still in the bottom half of his mascot beaver costume? Yeah. <laughs> and he seems to be taking out this uh, little conversation that he had with Kate, and he's telling people, get to class. Get to class. Hey, you, get to class. And some kid comes up, and I think it's one of the snack guys. I'm not sure, but he grabs the tail. That took a heck of a lot of nerve for that kid to go up and kind of goose the, the, the mascot. The yeah. Yeah. Wow. That kid has some cojones, as they say. Yes, he does. So we now shift to the lunchroom. This is a fun scene. Yeah. And the school is fun. Yeah. So the school is getting lunch and the poor janitor is standing behind the garbage can and a student uses him as a backboard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't see much of the janitor, but when you do, he he puts a lot. There's a lot in his non-expressions, right? Yep. He adds a lot to the scene. Yeah. And at this point, this is where we see the mighty three. They've found a table. They've sequestered themselves. They, and of course, McQuaid's sitting there, eyeing everybody, making sure everyone that walks past is not gonna do anything to them. He's got shields up, like we yep. said. They're discussing I, I, ironic and the five-day weather forecast. And uh, this is where they also mention that Alanis Morissette is from Canada. So mm-hmm. far, we've had a couple weather appearances. You know, we so, have. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird. These guys must be obsessed by weather, the, the Mighty Three. At least these The weather two choir. Yeah, weather choir and the weather five-day weather forecast. Uh-huh. Tyler wants a snack, at which point McQuaid offers up a chips, at which point the snack guys show up and steal McQuaid's chips. So yes. that's why I call them the snack guys, because we see them snacking a lot. Uh-huh. McQuaid laments four more years of this. At this point, the guys discuss the odds of having sex. Oh, I loved that part. And then (laughs) Tyler just goes, did you check my numbers? Better, Mm -hmm. not by much. (laughs) 2%, right? (laughs) Yep. Goofy, goofy. But Tyler's happy, if nothing else, at least nerds can have sex with one another. Right. And and then they turn it back to discussion about Kate. Mm Mm-hmm. McQuaid is on high alert, like I said, and he mentions that they now will have a target on their back because of Luke asking Kate out. Yeah. And we find a little bit about Tyler's family life. Mm Mm-hmm. And their dog, Charles Manson. (laughs) Farts a lot. Yeah, he farts a lot, and (laughs) Tyler's dad is an alcoholic who's unemployed, so... Well, stepdad. Yeah, yeah, he's... So we find out that bit, too. Yeah, so his stepdad is is unemployed and an alcoholic. So he's got that going for him. Mm -hmm. And to everyone's surprise, not only as they are discussing Kate, who pops up, but she remembers Luke's name. Yes, she does. Were you surprised by their reaction of that? I mean, I wasn't surprised that Kate remembered Luke's name. I figured that would happen, but Mm -hmm. I, yeah, a little. At which point, McQuaid, who, again, high alert, uh, (laughs) reminds Luke that he is indeed messing with plutonium. Yes. Luke's just like, this isn't that big of a deal. And McQuaid's just like, well, Mr. Stargrove compared it to one of the most radioactive substances on the planet. So, I mean... Handle with care. Yeah. Because not only is Luke taking himself down, he's taking the Mighty Three down with him. So... Mm -hmm. At this point, we hear a clatter, and chairs being moved in into the center of the room. It's the first time we meet Elijah Stevenson, who plays Oliver, and yes. Sydney Sweeney as Emmeline. Yes. The first time we see these fateful two. Mm-hmm. The fateful two. And these two kind of kick through the screen right at you, right? Like, they, 
you don't need to to have three D glasses to see these two. They no, come no, they burst out. in. Yeah. yeah, the two of them are reenacting a scene from a play, which leads to an argument with dialogue and suicide mm -hmm. by corn dog. So. Yep, suicide by corn dog. <laughs> that poor kid, Carter John. Yeah. Hashtag I am corn dog kid. Yes. So they call each other names and play out the argument and. I just love how after Oliver is going to stab himself, the janitor is walking by and he looks like, I'm not cleaning that up. Nope. <laughs> and Emmeline goes over to, to Carter John, the corn dog kid, and takes his beloved corn dog. And she does the coolest bit of suicidal acting that I think I've ever seen. Yep. Death by corn dog. And I, I also thought it was really funny when they when they zoomed the camera in on Leslie's face. Because she just, she just rolled her eyes and was like, not this again. Yeah. She also seems to be uh, grossed out by their public dis display of affection coming up. That's true. And I hope that if we get a season two that they explore that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I believe I actually had the same sweater that the corndog kid is wearing here. Really? Yeah, it uh, was very uncomfortable and very hot. <laughs> the corn dog kid Carter John retrieves his fallen corn dog from the floor. I was thinking that poor kid, and he actually walked over <laughs> and picked up his corn dog. Yeah. Like would have given him a new one, right? Right. Mm hmm. Don't eat floor. Corn dogs. I think I think that should be a rule that we have. Don't it was, eat floor corn, corn dogs. It was way past the five second rule. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so scene four opens and we see Ken Messner walking into a side office, the copying room, to find oh. Jen Taylor mistook that that that's her name mistook. Yeah, this scene broke my heart. Yeah, and and, and it seems like they went out over the summer and. Not only was she mistook, but it might have been a mistake to go out with her. And she was also just so ruthless and mean. Right. Like, she she didn't have to be that much of a jerk when she let him down. Well, you wonder how much Ken was, you know, maybe leaving voicemail. Like, they didn't have voicemail. Leaving uh, messages on his answering machine, which had a little tape thing. Because so, mm -hmm. that was 1996, right? Yeah. So he may have been leaving a bunch of messages and she may have been avoiding him for the last part of the summer. And she's letting him know that she wants, really wants nothing to do with him. Yeah. He takes it so well and yet is so crushed. Oh, for sure. You can, you can, you can see that on his face too, mm -hmm. which Patch's acting is just so good. That's the thing about his performance is that if this were a Disney or Nickelodeon show, he would just be the guy who would like somehow get his head caught in the door and uh, mm -hmm. you know stupid stuff drove in through the living room and he would he would always be a clown. There would be comic no, relief. It, yeah, exactly. Which seems to be all that you ever get on Disney and Nickelodeon is that parents are complete idiots, right? Right. Right. And this is one of the things I love about Everything Sucks is that they're allowed to be real human beings. So we see the heart of Ken Messner get smashed in front of us. Yeah, I, I like I that's one of my favorite things about Everything Sucks, too, is that all of the characters have equal parts um, funny and then equal parts serious, real life, relatable things mm -hmm. and like. The adults especially, like, they actually have a role. They're given meat. Right. I agree 100%. You're probably going to get sick of us saying that as we go through the entirety probably. of this uh, show. But we yeah. love it. It's one of the things we love about it. Mm-hmm. So, fade to the next scene, and we see Luke and Kate walking over the bridge as mm -hmm. they discuss Tori Amos and Little Earthquakes. Yes. What, what did you think of this scene, Julia? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked Luke's face when Kate just started talking about how, I mean, Tori Amos named an entire album after an orgasm. Mm -hmm. And 
without getting too much into it, it seems that Kate needs the distraction as they cross the bridge at this point. Definitely. And on the way to Luke's house, folks ask them to snap a pic. Some tourists stop by in front of the Welcome to Boring sign. Yeah. Luke mentions that they never stay, and Kate says, lucky them. Yeah, I think that says a lot. Yeah, but that's how everybody feels about the town that they are stuck in growing up, right? Mm-hmm. At this point, they arrive at Luke's house. He checks the mail, and he sees that he gets a new Oasis CD, but he already has it and gives it to Kate. He reminds him that he could turn that in for store credit, but he is against that. He wants to give it to her. No, no, you take it. It's yours. Yep. The garage door opens, and we see Luke's Fortress of Solitude with tons of camera stuff and tools all neatly put together, and a lot of stuff closed up and covered with tarps. Yeah. So Luke discusses his father and how he mm -hmm. left when Luke was only seven. Yeah, and then right after that happens, Kate discusses her mother. Yeah. So not only did he leave when he was seven, but it seems like uh, Luke has a lot of resentments towards his dad leaving and how he treated his mother. Luke also mentions that his mom is a flight attendant. Yes. While looking through things in the garage, Kate finds what we used to call a girly magazine. <laughs> I, I, love, I love that the magazine's name was Steam. Yeah, and it had, uh, what, Country Babes was the topic of that I issue. think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she silently closes the drawer. And she steals the magazine. Oh, well, well we're going to get to that, because we don't know Ooh. that. We don't know that right now. You know what I mean? It's kind of, I, it was kind of implied for me. Really, because, listen, I used to shoplift magazines when I was a teenager. You know, guilty confession times, right? True confessions. <laughs> and she's like a ninja, right? Well, because it was implied for me because right after she closes the drawer, the camera shifts to um, a, a viewing of her adjusting her backpack on her shoulders. Ah. So I kind of so figured that she, like, she was adjusting her backpack after slipping it in there. Well, then I have to give her extra points for uh, shoplifting from the garage because – it's a rookie thing. I mean, you, you'll, you're going to get busted trying to get it up, over, and through into the backpack, right? So I wonder mm -hmm. if she had the backpack down. I need to watch it again. Anyway, spending too much time on the stealing of the girly magazine. Uh, <laughs> the magazine, but, which we can, I believe, safely assume was Luke's dad's. Right, which, which that almost says something, too, because not only is all this gear covered up out there, but Luke hasn't found that, right? Yeah. You would figure if anybody in that house wanted that magazine, it would be a teenage boy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. We turn into yeah. werewolves. It's frightening. <laughs> so <laughs> Kate also discovers a crate of videotapes that belong to Luke's dad. Yep. And it shows how much Luke's been out there messing around that, that he doesn't even know those tapes really exist. So that says a lot. He, he, he wants nothing to do with his dad's stuff, but he does know how to fix a camera. So Yes. At this point, Luke mentions that he thinks Mr. Messner is cool. Mm-hmm. And Kate just goes, well, that's not the term I would use. That <laughs> uh, just shows how it really is, folks. Mm-hmm. At this point, we find out that Kate's mom is dead. Yeah. When Luke asks her what happened, Kate starts to talk. She says something and stops. Yeah, she simply tells Luke that her mom was sick. Yeah. So we don't really know too much behind that yet. Right. She then talks about how she had to go to counseling and build a screen box that her dad used. Mm-hmm. She also says that everyone stopped talking to her, and she said that she wanted to just disappear. That broke my heart. It broke my heart on so many levels. First of all, because of Kate and how she felt and how she just wanted to fade away. But then also hearing about the fact that her father used the scream box a lot. Because I could picture that in my head, mm. like, so vividly. So. Agreed. And... As she said, she wanted to just disappear, and she feels that she kind of did. 
Yeah. It's a heavy scene. Mm-hmm. And as Luke is filming her, we see some amazing acting on both sides of the fence here. It's all done in their faces, right? Peyton and Jahi. Yep. Yeah. And amazing, amazing interacting stuff there going on. Mm-hmm. We get some clues as to why Kate is so quiet and why she keeps to herself. Yes. Luke has now cleaned the camera, removed the offending glitch. The gunk. Yeah. <laughs> Luke offers her a snack, and Kate tells him he is cute. Yes. Oh, I loved that. And then and then she, she drives away, and Luke just goes, I'm cute. <laughs> Instead of, I am Groot. I am cute. <laughs> I am cute. Yeah. And I was like, oh, baby. Mm, I love Luke. I love Luke so much. Yep. He's, he's a great character. Got a lot of hopes and dreams. Yeah. Scene five. Kate is in her room listening to the Oasis CD and reading the lyric sheet. Yes. She's got a, one of those Sony Walkman CD players, and she's lost in the music. Yeah. And then she begins to have some thoughts. Yep. She then pulls the the aforementioned girly magazine that we saw in the garage. And again, yeah. props to her mad shoplifting skills. Yes. Kate gives in to temptation just as her dad burst in, wanting to know if she wants meatloaf or ziti. And I love, I love this scene because Mr. Mesner could have taken this as an opportunity to reprimand her for looking at something that's really dirty but instead, he turns it into a lesson, and he says that you don't have to look like the girls in the magazine. You're perfect just the way you are, and that real men love women of all shapes and sizes. I thought that was gorgeous. Absolutely. He's such a good father. Yeah, it, it's important. He, he, he wants her to know that she doesn't have to compare herself to the women within the magazine. Yeah. He also does some acting that refers back to an earlier conversation we had in the show between Miss Took and himself when mm -hmm. he says that attraction is not limited to our physical forms and, and he mentions that he wishes everybody felt that way yeah also can we talk about the fact that her name is mistook yes like ken was mistaken that she had interest in him absolutely <laughs> to me it doesn't seem like there's any reason not to call her a mistake right because so far she's she hasn't been there's there's really nothing we know about her. Yeah. Other than this. So uh he, he, he does realize that he was mistaken about her. Yeah. So after that embarrassing scene happens, Ken Messner leaves the room and says, ZD it is. Mm-hmm. And Kate goes back to listening to Oasis. Have you ever actually listened to that album? I have, yes. It's a it's a great album. Love it. It is. At which point we then zoom across town to Luke's house, who is watching the video that he filmed in the garage earlier, at which point he grabs a tablet and writes down the phrase, How to Ask Out Kate Messner. Kate Messner, yeah. As Oasis's Don't Look Back in Anger plays, and the Everything Sucks logo gives way to the credits. End. The end of episode one of Everything Sucks. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts the first time you saw it? The first time that I saw the episode, I watched it with my sister uh -huh. um, because me and my – like when I first met Peyton at the American Fable premiere, like my sister and I went together. So like it's kind of a tradition for us to watch all the new things that Peyton is in. Like we also watched XX together. We haven't seen Lavender yet, but we watched the whole series of Everything Sucks together. We, we, we binge watched the whole thing. And so when we saw episode one for the first time, like we both, we were like ad-libbing and saying a whole bunch of stuff through the whole episode. And we thought that it had a lot of heart. Mm -hmm. I knew that the show was going to be really great, but um, my sister was pleasantly surprised. I think this goes back to what I said in our sort of pilot episode where a lot of people thought that the show was just going to be something with nostalgia and they didn't think that it was going to have a lot of grit to it. And I think when you when you watch episode one, as you said earlier, 
you see that there's actually a lot of layers that can be peeled back for every single one of the characters, no matter how big they are or how small they are. Mm-hmm. Agreed, 100%. So, if you're listening to this show, and I don't know why you would if you haven't seen Everything Sucks, mm-hmm. you know, if you've never seen this show and for some reason you stumble upon this, really stop this and go watch everything sucks it's it's you, a great show you owe it to yourself and you owe you, it to the people in your life seriously watch it with them yeah you you definitely should give it a shot seriously so what have we learned this episode that uh beware the snack guys you can apparently eat a corn dog after the five second rule yes uh the garbage man makes a great backstop mm-hmm Avoid mistook, and yes. McQuaid should have a movie called McQuaid Saves the Universe. Agreed. 100% agreed. <laughs> Earlier in the episode, we promised you an interview with Carter John, the hashtag I am corndog kid. And without further ado, let's take it away, right, Julia? Yes, here's Carter John. I'm Carter John, hashtag I am corndog kid, and hashtag renew everything sucks. And you are listening to the Everything Sucks podcast. Julia, are you excited? I am excited, yeah. This is this is pretty cool. We have the corndog kid himself. <laughs> Ladies yes. and gentlemen. Well, I'll tell you what, sir. You introduce yourself. So I'm the corndog kid. My name is Carter John. I was the corndog kid. Well, you were a lot more than the corndog kid. I mean, you became an internet meme and sensation, right? Yeah. That had to be a bit of a trip to uh, see you being used in so many different things. Like I've seen, like, for example, I saw an Avengers meme today and it had you in it. Like someone stealing your <laughs> corn dog. It was it was something like it was something like when someone spoils the Avengers movie, it's like someone taking my corn dog. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, I haven't seen that yet. Well, it's it's coming. <laughs> so it's interesting. You're part of everything sucks. You're part of the big experience. And I know Julie and I, we we've talked about you more than once and it's been interesting that you contacted us and <laughs> And we're so glad that you're here today. This is this is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. First, we want to ask you a little bit about what made you want to get into acting. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit about your career thus far. And by the way, you're sporting a really cool Everything Sucks t-shirt. Yep. Look at that. Representing. Looking good there. Yeah. Tell us a bit about your, your, your acting, what made you want to get into it. And from what I understand, there was it. this was kind of a dream to get you on a show on Netflix, right? Yeah, it was, a, it was a really big dream that I was really happy that came true. I wanted to be an actor from seeing all these people that were on, like, Disney shows or and, like, on Netflix shows and TV shows and all that kind of stuff. So I realized that that's what I wanted to do. I found a flyer at my school for a local TV show that was going to start casting. I told my mom to call the number, which she didn't because she was talking with a friend. So I grabbed her phone out of her purse and I called the number that was on the flyer and I set up the meeting myself and I gave the phone to my mom to confirm and I was 10 years old at the time. Wow. So you were your own agent at 10? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. And, and and that's one of the cool things that I see about kids nowadays is like you guys are doing stuff that, you know, we never would have done back in the day, right? It, it really the one of the biggest lessons I've learned in life, if you want to do something, just do it. Yeah. So how did you get the job on Everything Sucks? Well, it started out my mom uh like she always does she is like on facebook and like on acting pages and stuff and looking for new opportunities and we found a casting page and it was looking for extras on a netflix tv show and i thought that was really cool so i submitted and then they called us back the next day and they gave us a date to for to be there for our first shoot and then i went up there and uh, i guess the director or on my first day of shooting I got was in costume and everything and I guess the uh, like the directors and the creators and the writers they really liked my reactions so they put me in the earth day table the next day of shooting where the whole corndog kid happened (laughs) (laughs) what was it like on the first day 
On the first day, it was really fun getting to meet all the other extras, and it was an experience because I didn't know if I was going to know anybody there because I had done some stuff in Portland previously, but I didn't know if I was going to see anybody I knew. Mm-hmm. So I went there kind of like by myself. I was there just kind of hanging out. And then I just started like making these friendships. Um, like one of the friendships that I made was with one of the extras slash stand-ins. Um, his name is Max Huskins. And he was one of the friendships that I made along with um, Lexi and Blake and Cade. And then when I got in my costume for the first time, or not costume, but my wardrobe for the first time, it was just, it was like I was this whole other person and I was like, I had separated from Carter into this whole other, like, person. Persona. Yeah. Yeah. The corn dog kid. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get to interact with any of the main cast? Um, yeah. I met Rio. He was hanging out down with the extras, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of started bonding and started hanging out. And then on one of the extra days that they had me there, um, we were required to take a, like a mandatory lunch break that was like not our regular lunch. Mm-hmm. And so there was also the, the main cast there. And then I got to sit with Jahi, Peyton, Sydney, Rio, Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Claudine. And so that was a lot of fun. You know, you mentioned your wardrobe and I had to bring that up because I think I had that sweater. You may have gotten it somehow through a hand down kind of a thing, but that that sweater to me was so uncomfortable. You know, it, it, it's it's bulky and big and itchy. Yeah, it was um it was a really big sweater. My um my mom actually found that and like most of the wardrobe that I was wearing, um I had actually brought myself. Mm-hmm. And so I found that sweater and it was just it was like I wore that thing almost every day. I never had really any different wardrobe except for a couple scenes. And then my sister always steals it now. Well, you just pretty much described me in ninth grade. I, I was stuck with that thing for a while until <laughs> until I could make it disappear. <laughs> my mom was like, we just got that. You have to wear it. And yeah. <laughs> so other than itchy sweaters, how, uh, you know, dealing with that and everybody in the cafeteria there, but you, you, you got the great scene with Emmeline. Yeah, I was really happy that I got that scene. So how it was like, they were calling people down to go to the cafeteria scene from the extras holding. Mm-hmm. And they called on, they called on all the jocks who were all in their, their letterman jackets. And then they called my name and I was my first thought was I'm about to get bullied. Like this is going to be a scene where I'm gonna be bullied or something, but they actually sat me down at the earth table and then they brought my partner Natasha down and she was one of my really good friends who I made and she's in her first throughout the series. She was the ballerina in the auditions. And so just getting sat at that earth table and then having, getting to interact with, Sydney when she comes up and grabs my corn dog and just kind of takes it and does what she does with it. <laughs> and then it was really funny because like Mike and Mike and Ben, they told me to go up after like she had dropped the corn dog and I I went up and they told me to pick it up and just kind of look at it for a second, have this really kind of like sad face and then go back to my seat. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I I remember thinking, oh, my God, that kid's going to go pick that corn dog up. And you, you did. You did. It was so funny. So Past funny. the five-second rule. Yeah. So sad. <laughs> you know, there there probably were other corn dogs up there for you. Yeah. yeah um, each each new scene or take that we had to do. Um, you had to eat another one, didn't you? Dog. Each new take that we had to do for that scene, um, one of the prop people um they brought me a new corn dog yeah that that seems about right because i was following like colleen ballinger when she was doing her whole like netflix original series haters back off yeah she talked about how she had to do there was one scene with miranda where she had to like eat a popsicle or something 10 or 15 takes so she had to eat like 10 or 15 popsicle sticks she was like i got so sick of the ice cream afterwards so how many (laughs) hot dogs did you have to take a bite of 
Um, I never took a bite of them because, like, I never got the chance to because she took it and tried to kill herself with it. Yeah, well, you definitely don't want to have corn dogs ruined for you, you know what I mean? So it's, it's good you didn't have to. Yeah. And if you're going to have to have someone steal a hot dog from you, she was a great choice. I mean, she's a beautiful, beautiful young lady. Mm-hmm. And what a great classic scene. To me, it's, it's one of my favorites in the first episode for sure. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you ever think that you'd become an internet meme? Seriously, I, nobody thinks about that. I never did. Um, me and my friends, like, we always, like, we're normal teenagers. We do school, and then we occasionally talk about memes and stuff. Um, and then after, I was at the um, Portland viewing party, and I was talking to Jalen and Ben, and Jalen said to me, you do realize you're going to become a meme, right? <laughs> I was like, and then after the show had come out and like everybody was like tweeting or everybody was Instagramming all these pictures of like me with my corn dog and they were captioning it and putting all these different things. Um, one of my favorite ones probably, or not my favorite one, but it was a pretty, it's a pretty, it's pretty close second. Uh, one of my friends from school, she made one that has my face on a corn dog and it says, I know this is corny, but you meme a lot to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I thought that was pretty funny. So how was it after being on the set and seeing it all put together and then you see the finished product? What, what struck you most as interesting about once you see it all put together? It's, I would say that it's, it's weird because you're filming these scenes as like yourself or the persona you're playing and you're seeing it through your eyes and like as the eyes of the actor. And then when you, it all comes out and it's a finished project, project, you're seeing it from the eyes of the audience or the camera. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a whole new experience because you're acting, you're acting these scenes out. And then what the camera is like, what you're getting from the camera is such like a different point of view that it's so much cooler. Now, You've seen the entire run of the series. What did you yeah. think of it? I thought it was really, really well made and really well done. They had like a lot of LGBTQ representation. And I thought that was fantastic because not a lot of the teen shows or 90s shows or teen shows nowadays don't have a lot of that. And I think that that's something that's wrong. Mm. Very good. You know, it's 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 also nice to have something that you can say that you're proud to be part of, right? Yeah. Is there anything that you want to see happen in season two of season two, if they do end up revoking their decision and renewing it? In season two, I just, I wish that they develop the characters a lot more and that I hopefully I'll get a line maybe next time. <laughs> I'd love that. Yes. My character will get more developed because I was just a featured extra, but getting becoming the corn dog kid was just a whole other entity that I thought was really cool. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there's more to your character than corn dogs and itchy sweaters. Yeah, <laughs> there's um there's a there's one of my scenes that a lot of people don't notice that um, occasionally I have to tell them about. Um, you guys have both both watched the series through, right? Yes. I'm on my fourth run through, so yeah. In the um, while we're in the theater and we're watching Luke's movie, when the president is giving her speech with um, Cedric right by her, and I'm right by her taking notes with my NES power glove on. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So uh, I'm taking her notes that she's saying, and then I hand it off to somebody. Yeah. Personally, I think you could sit at the what I'm going to call the geek table with. Uh, you know, the, the mighty three, right? The, uh, <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. I would love to see that happen for your character. Honestly, I could see all four of you playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. You yes. got to know that, uh, McQuaid makes a, a mean dungeon master, right? Mm-hmm. I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to thank you for coming on the show today. And seriously, it's it's so cool that you're part of this thing. We're, we're reaching a lot of people out there that are trying to get the show to come back. What would you say to Netflix right now if they were listening? If they're listening right now, I would say that they're making the wrong decision and to think about everything that's happened to them after they made these decisions. The banner that was put out there, 
outside of Netflix headquarters, the 2,000 ring pops that was sent to them. And there's now an Ellen campaign that we're trying to get one of the actors to go on Ellen. Yeah, that was very freaky last night. I was I was getting ready to go to bed, and I, I checked my tablet one last time, and I see my name stuck in this thing with Ellen. And I'm like, <gasps> just because we did this show, Julia, isn't that a trip? Yeah. Well, they're they're going to be doing another um another Twitter event. They're going to be like pushing for Ellen to like get the Everything Sucks cast onto the show. So that would be so cool. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you could bring a, a thing of corn dogs for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I want to ask you a little bit about your other work because I know that you have stuff that's out there. What all have you done as far as uh, your 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 career in acting? Um, in my career in acting, um, I've done a lot of theater um, in my community and then at my high school. And then the most recent thing that I've done that's out right now on iTunes and Amazon is The Watchman's Canoe. And it's on iTunes and Amazon. And it's by director and writer Barry Chase. Excellent. Very cool. We will be on the lookout for that. So everybody check that out. You know, seriously, you are part of something that's going to live on and on and on. You may not realize (laughs) it yet. But just ask those people who did Star Trek back in the 60s. They're still mm-hmm. able to do conventions. Who knows? Maybe 20 years from now, you guys will be still be doing everything sucks conventions. And Julia will be <laughs> carting me around in a wheelchair. So, <laughs> so that'll be That'll fun. be amazing. Yeah. Oh, and uh, where can we find you on socials? Um, so you can find me on Facebook at Carter John. And then you can find me on Instagram at Carter underscore John underscore. And then my Twitter is Carter John. Excellent. And I want you to do me a favor. Give your mom a hug for me. And, and thank, thank your mom, Jill, for all the hard work she's been doing to try to get Everything Sucks back on the air. She, oh, there she's he's hugging oh, her right now. Hello, guys. Jill. <laughs> Hi. Thanks so much. Well, Jill, you know, I, I know that even if even if Carter weren't in the show, you would you would know the value of this show and, and what it can do for families and people of all ages, right? Yes, definitely. So, I have a family member in the in the LGBT community, and um, I do everything I can to help support and love and respect and just keep going, <laughs> keep pushing through. Everybody can find their story, and everything sucks, and that's that's the beautiful thing. Whether you're a parent, or maybe maybe you do the announcements in the morning, and your name's Scott Pocket. I don't know, but if <laughs> whoever you are out there. There's something about you in this show because we all were that nervous teenager and that nervous adult. It it, it transcends all generations. Yes. Yeah. I, I think so, too. I, I can connect at a younger age and at an older age. So I think it's a show for everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> well, thank you, Carter, for coming on our unofficial Everything Sucks podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're having fun while we're trying to get this this show that we all love that we think is so important to come back so thank you for, yeah. for coming on again and what's that hashtag again hashtag renew everything sucks and thank you very much for having me hashtag i am corn dog kid hashtag i am corn dog kid that's cool all right well thank you carter and we love you and you made us laugh and you're part of the <laughs> lexicon of everything sucks thank you for being yes. on the show today thank you guys for having me be good god bless bye Bye. So that was that was a really fun interview. What a cool young man. Yeah, I thought that was a great interview. I thought it was really cool to be able to talk to someone who wasn't part of the main cast, but still had such an important role. Julia, it's just proof that no matter who we are, this is this is something that is for all ages. And it's it's a great Thing to be part of this movement to get the show back on the air and did you see where uh they mentioned our show uh, in the tweets to ellen i did yes i thought that was very cool mm-hmm. and not only that but after we put up the last episode with patch dara he tweeted not only the show but a couple different things he he mentioned our bloopers yes he did <laughs> he asked if chihuahuas really do rule the world asking for a friend <laughs> <laughs> 
Very cool. And he seemed to, to really enjoy his appearance. So so that's good. We, we, want, we want all the cast and crew of this show to realize that this is a forum for them. And we will let people know about what they're doing in the future. Yes, for sure. We're definitely going to be keeping people updated on things that are going on in the actors' lives and other projects that they're going to be a part of. I'd like to uh, try to get online here and going to play that funky sound of the dial-up. Any minute now. Takes a second. And we're going to contact with one of our banana slugs. So what do you have as far as feedback from the Twitterverse and elsewhere? Here's a good tweet that actually came from a Twitter user by the name of at yes underscore hurricane. And they write, Perhaps if I had a Kate Messner when I was young, I would have spent less time hating myself. Perhaps if my parents had seen young Kate struggle, they would have been more compassionate towards the LGBTQ community and to me. So true. So true. Yes. Hashtag I am Kate Messner. Yes. And it's, it's great to see that hashtag out there. Uh, you know, that's one of the things I love is that this show has created its own culture. Yes. Here's one from a user by the name of at Schwartzy Duck. She <laughs> says, to watch Kate's journey, which was superbly acted by Peyton Kennedy, was one of the best TV experiences I've had in recent years. We need more Kate Messner. We need more representation, and we deserve it in high-quality productions like Everything Sucks. Agreed, agreed. I would also like to take a second to mention that you should also be checking out Rise, another really cool show that, that has representation. and it's, it's, a, it's another show that families can watch together. Yes, for sure. Here's a quote from Peyton Kennedy's interview with After Ellen, where she talks about Everything Sucks. And she says, literally two minutes after I saw the breakdown for Everything Sucks, I knew Kate Messner would be a very, very important character to have on TV. We're very grateful to Netflix that we were able to tell this story in the first place. It's great to read the responses that are out there, and we will continue to give you all a voice here and let, let the world know, right? Mm-hmm. We want to remind folks to use the hashtag. You want to tell folks what that is and where they can find us on the socials? Yes. Use the hashtag RenewEverythingSucks. And in every single one of your tweets, don't forget to tag Netflix, which is at Netflix, and tag Reed Hastings at Reed Hastings. That's R-E-E-D-H-A-S-T-I-N-G-S. Reed Hastings is the CEO of Netflix. And... Stay positive, folks. Don't go negative. Go high, not low. We're, yes. You know, seriously, this show has a lot of funny moments, and we need to be funny and lovable to get this back. If it's going to happen, it's going to be because we we were nice to them, not 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 mean. So so don't be mean. Yes, you can find me at P Kennedy Updates, and you can find us over at the at Pop Staff Tweets, right? Yes. Very good. Hey, the old guy's learning, right? <laughs> Again, be kind. Don't look back in anger, right? Yes, don't look back in anger. <laughs> and don't forget to check out Peyton Kennedy on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, that's true. Peyton Kennedy, who plays Kate Mesner, was just in Grey's Anatomy. She portrayed the character Betty, who, to my knowledge, is a single teen mom. Yeah, so, so check out Peyton Kennedy on Grey's Anatomy. Yes. We will be giving updates as we get them on anything we find out or learn about this. And we also let you know what the cast and crew and the producers and the writers of the show are doing uh, as, as far as other jobs as well. So we look forward to seeing you on our next episode. And soon we will be back with our discussion of Everything Sucks, Season 1, Episode 2. Maybe you're going to be the one that saves me. Which is a lyric from Oasis' song, Wonderwall. Absolutely. Okay, well, we look forward to being back in your ears again. Let folks know about the show, and we will see you on the internet. And again, Netflix, we love you. Please bring back Everything Sucks. Renew Everything Sucks. All right, we will see you, Banana Slugs. Bye!
Bye. And that's our show. Our podcast is an online nonprofit audio fanzine made for fans of the Netflix original series Everything Sucks by fans of the Netflix original series Everything Sucks. Any samples of music or TV heard here remain the property of their owners. Our show is not affiliated with Netflix or Everything Sucks, and opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of our staff. If you like something you heard, buy it or subscribe to it today. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook or Twitter and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying, remember, hashtag renew everything sucks. Hashtag save banana slug. Yeah. <laughs>